0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from swinging scimitars to sorcerous spices. And today we're talking about Cyclops and Edens. Prepare yourselves. <laughs> Cast. Hey Brian, William. Happy New Year, Brian. Happy New Year. <laughs> and with the New Year comes many new things. Yeah, including so has been a new year to Year of. Me. Yes. Year of. So we completed <clears> the year of the dragon. We did. We get a little uh, Xbox medallion. Screen I know pops a little down. achievement.
2: So with the with the end of year of the dragon uh, and that coming to an end, I would like to announce a new year in the Dungeon Cast Zodiac um i hear by Chris in the year of 2020 is year of the giant it's a big year everybody yeah. <laughs> it's a big year uh also known as year of the big guy um so we're gonna be talking about frost giants stone giants storm giants or stone giants storm giants uh giant kin probably the giant pantheon there's enough giant episodes to fill a year so we'll be doing one of those a month
0: yeah when in our giants uh like overview episode and we're like we're gonna talk about all these giants yes well here one you go. one day has <laughs> here, here, come here it is here's a. Uh, Here's like the beholder's weird cousin. Yeah, we're, yeah, beholder kin.
2: We're going to have to get into them one day too. So, starting this year, we're starting with Cyclopes, which is plural for Cyclops, and Etten. So, let's start with Cyclopes. or yeah. Cyclopses. Cyclopses. This Cycl- is where, this is yeah. dark
0: magic where you cut off the head of a troll and put a beholder on the body. Uh, No, it's not like at all. So, the in one-eyed. Dungeons and Dragons, Cyclops
2: <laughs> or Cyclopes for plural is a member of the giant family. Uh, though not a true giant, it does fall under the giant type, and is considered to be giant kin. Um, these guys stand about 12 feet tall, are humanoid, and are noted for their brutish nature, reclusive lifestyle, and their prominent singular eye centered upon their forehead. Nice. Uh, the d d Cyclops is pretty much directly based off of the Greek mythological creature of the same name.
0: Okay.
1: So, yeah.
2: So the cyclops of Greek mythology is a pretty interesting creature due to the fact that there's really lack of an agreed upon continuity in the folklore of the ancient Greeks. Okay. Um, yeah, between different writers. Exactly. So there's essentially two versions of the cyclops that differ widely in both nature and origin. You have the Hesiodic cyclopes and the Homeric cyclopes. Uh, the Hesiodic cyclopes were written about by the ancient Greek poet Hesiod. This version of Cyclopes were considered to be uh, children of the Titans, and they were noted to be very intelligent and capable craftsmen responsible for many creations of wonder, including the original Thunderbolts that were given to Zeus before Hephaestus learned to craft them, Uh, the Trident of Poseidon, the Invisibility Cap of Hades, and the Cyclopean Walls, uh, Mycenae, uh, Tyrannus, and Argos. Nice. So they, they were like... They're like what dwarves are in, in normal fantasy, where they're just master craftsmen.
0: <laughs> they're master craftsmen, but they're fucking huge. But they're huge and they have one eye. Yeah, I um, remember the one from the Odyssey
2: for sure, which are you yeah, about? Yeah, that's talk about the that? Homeric one, which yeah. we'll talk about in a minute. But the Hesiodic ones, these Cyclopes assisted Zeus in his overthrowing of the Titans in exchange for freeing them from their imprisonment by their father Uranus. Um, after the war, the Cyclopes went on to work. At the Smiths of Olympus, under the god Hephaestus. Okay. So in a way, they kept making those thunderbolts because maybe Hephaestus couldn't do it by himself. I'm not sure. It's all stolen knowledge. It's all stolen knowledge. So the Homeric Cyclopes are the version that uh, are most commonly known and depicted in contemporary media. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, that's the one that you remember—the one from the Odyssey. Yeah, I watched that movie in English class,
0: and there was like right. a very weird, like, way to shoot. <laughs> Anything? Oh the yeah. The way they yeah. had to shoot. They, the I, I picture just yeah. like a normal sized guy on like a very tiny island. Yes. Or like a, like a model or whatever. <laughs> right. I don't exactly. know what they did. What kind of film nonsense they did yeah, to make that look the way it did. Perspective stuff, A lot of close
2: yeah. ups on the big eye. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So this version of the creature was written about by uh, written about originally by the legendary ancient Greek writer Homer. Homer's version of the cyclops is depicted in the Odyssey as the children of Poseidon. Uh, Beings who dwell in the world of men rather than the world of the gods. This version of the Cyclops is depicted as an uncivilized barbaric giant that dwells in caves and far off lands. Cool. Um, They know no laws and have little in the way of skills such as agriculture or crafting. They are shepherds who live off milk, cheese, and the meat of sheep, and they are hostile to trespassers upon their land.
0: So first we have this, like, smart version of it. Right. And then we have, like, a very dumb dumb down, like, D&D basic... Right, monster. And speaking of which, the D and D version of the Cyclops is pretty
2: much a dead ringer for the Homeric Cyclops of Greek legend. Okay, the dumb one. That
0: makes it easier to like want to kill it.
2: (laughs) It's stupid, so it doesn't deserve to live. I don't know, like, (laughs) like like,
0: why am I? They are hostile, so it's easy to fight something that
2: attacks you first. It's more
0: like a like a monster than I know. There's all this uh, like. Rhetoric storyline going on between people, or I guess discourse between people talking about like a monster being evil or a monster being a, a like a people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like orcs and stuff. How you, how they have like a society, right? And like pass down knowledge to their kin and stuff like that. It right. seems like that that's the the gray area.
2: Yeah, I would say that the Cyclops and Dungeons and Dragons are definitely a people. Um, I think they're. I got the stat block here. Yeah, they're chaotic neutral. Yeah, like the game is definitely geared toward like
0: you got to murder stuff.
2: Right. I mean, yeah, you have all these weapons and spells. You need to kill something. So much
0: conflict is battle-based. Right, right. Um, They have an entire book dedicated to it. In in history, people fight. People fight all the time. Mm -hmm. Why not fight monsters? That's that's the line. We don't have to kill people all the time. We can (laughs) kill, like, these obvious things that are okay to kill.
2: Yeah, except for when, like, this, it's not necessarily clear if they're people or monsters.
0: I guess so. All right, so...
2: Even though the Cyclops from D anD D are based off of Homer's The Odyssey, I find the idea of a Cyclops more like Hesiod tales to be a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely uh, urge people to explore that space because that sounds like fun too. Yeah,
0: have some depth with your monster because yeah. it does create it will create conflict with certain types of right. like alignment players that are good. They don't yeah. maybe don't want to kill this. I also think it's a really cool idea of like yeah everyone in
2: in world knows Cyclops as these barbaric creatures but then you actually come across someone like no they're like
0: super intelligent well organized
2: civilized like craftsmen.
0: I had to kill him because he tried to hit me with a (laughs) fucking lightning bolt that he made in his (laughs) garage
2: but that lightning bolt was master (laughs) crafted yeah definitely. All right, so the Cyclops of Dungeons and Dragons is described as a 12 foot tall humanoid weighing in at roughly 1200 pounds which is fucking big that guy is so big. He's a big Um, guy they are one of the smallest of giant kind and are only above ogres, trolls, and ettins when it comes to the hierarchy of the ordning. I don't know if you remember the ordning. I do remember the ordning. It's a
0: strict hierarchy. Are we, in we not which- including the Goliath? They kind of exist somewhat they, outside the ordering. So Goliaths
2: and Furbolgs, kind of at this point, they're outside the ordning. They're so low, it doesn't matter. Because the
0: Furbolgs, fir- Furbolgs, they have their own. They ordning. reject the ordning. Yeah, but they have their own, right? They have their own code. I don't, know. I don't think so. I thought we talked about that during the episode where they they kind of they rejected it, but they have their own code of living, which is yeah, like, they have their own code of law. It's yes. like the ordning. It's like the anti-ordning. It's it's. I mean,
2: it, it is lawful. It's like a constituted the version of it. is a hierarchy, while the the code of law that the Furbolgs live by is just like a strict uh code of conduct. Okay. Less less of a hierarchy. But um yeah, so these guys are really low on the ordering, uh, only above Strolls, and Ettens. Um though physically a Cyclops is noted to be roughly as strong as the average stone giant. Now this is definitely Oh wow. Yeah, that's them definitely punching uh quite literally and figuratively above their weight class. Yeah, so um, it's size based usually. Usually, but these guys are quite a bit smaller than stone giants, but roughly as strong. That's pretty impressive. Okay. Um, their skin color is said to be that of earthy tones to better blend in with their environment. And though some are noted to have hair, most are bald and have a rather cone shaped skull.
0: I wonder if all the hair on uh, like a Cyclops is just like where people try to comb over their bald spots. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of like yeah, wispy sure. up on the sides. Yeah, sure. Ooh. Oh, dang. My camera. <laughs> There's a new setup. <laughs> I, I bumped into it. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but
2: yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're cone heads. These Cyclops are cone heads. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the most defining characteristic of a cyclops is, of course, its large singular eye centered in the creature's forehead. Um, <clears throat> as hermetic creatures living in the wilds, uh, at most cyclopes are dressed in basic skins and loincloths, and not too uncommonly, many are without clothing entirely. Oh, cool!
0: <clears throat> the <They're> twelve-foot <just laughs> <clears throat> naked dude <laughs> you know, like, with whoa, one eye yeah. and a cone head. Can you imagine, yeah. like, going to like uh, the hot springs at the side of a mountain? Yeah. and like. Oh, what's that floating egg doing out there? And then it turns around and its eye it's opens. It's just one eye. And That's then a big, horrifying. And then a big naked guy up, <laughs> tries to beat you up. Food trespasses upon
2: my hot spring? Uh, yeah, I like that. That's funny. Oh, um, no. So as I said before, the D&D Cyclops is pretty much lifted from Homer's The Odyssey. They are simplistic and reclusive giants eking out a meager existence in the wilds far from civilization. They are extremely isolationist. Uh, Isolationalists by nature <laughs> And will attempt to drive out, kill, or enslave Other beings who enter their territory Right on uh, Right Being poor hunters Most cycle bees practice The keeping of herd animals for sustenance
0: Oh, that kinda, that's kind of cool See? Here we go This yeah. is the gray area I'm talking about They love animals <laughs> they like, I don't know if they love animals so much as they need animals That's totally tracks that they have like a cave With like penned cows or something Yeah um, I think sheep is the classic
2: But yeah, why not? Cows, sheep, cows, you know? whatever they, Yeah, whatever, who cares? Some hippogriffs Sure so most Cyclopes live either alone or in small family groups, usually layering in caves, ruins, or structures of rough stone that they've built themselves. A Cyclops layer is always within a day's travel of other Cyclopes layers in order to trade goods and seek out mates.
0: So, uh, A day's travel like one way? Do they stay the night or is it I like, like half way. a day? It sounds like one way. Yeah. yeah so okay. yeah, they would have to stay the night.
2: Cool. Which is, you know,
0: good for them. So
2: <laughs> though capable of an Airbnb string. Yeah, Cyclopian exactly. nudist colony is just a string of Airbnbs. Oh Yeah, I love that idea. That's a great idea. Um <laughs> though capable of understanding giant, um, they write nothing and speak very little, mostly communicating in grunts and gestures to communicate. Um I believe a Cyclops intelligence level is about an eight, which is pretty high for just using grunts and gestures, but whatever. Like I'm not going to judge them. I mean, sometimes I get what I want by just grunting, <laughs> grunting and gesturing. And gesturing okay. It's fine. So though they hardly compare to the master crafting cyclopes of Hesiodic writings, D&D cyclopes are capable of rudimentary crafting skills such as uh, making tools and weapons from stone and wood. And some are even said to learn the basics of metal craft. Oh, wow. Okay. So they're not, you know, entirely like, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not without technology. So they're not completely without technology. Yeah. They're one of them's the got like a basic. big yeah. shitty knife. <laughs> yeah, this is my big <laughs> shitty knife. It's um, like the size of you. Right, right. So despite claiming to be of direct descent of Annam, the all father of the giants, rather than one of Athea's many unfaithful trysts. Um, we talked about Athea in the um, Giants episode. She's yeah. the wife of Anam. She's always cheating on him. That's way other... back there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But she's always making other not true Giants because she's always <laughs> cheating on Anam. And so. Isn't
0: everybody mad about it all the time? Anam's really mad about it all the time. But I another, think. the other Giants, don't. I don't think they care. They're just like, like ah, welcome or... to the ordning, bro. Indeed. Yeah, you're <laughs> way down there, but welcome. <laughs> hey, these ones are all naked all the time. <laughs> but, uh, but bottom re- of the ordning.
2: Regardless of all this, cycle bees are generally. Uh, quite irreligious. Uh, They pay little heed to any gods, even the ones of the giant pantheon. Uh, They fail to see the benefit of prayer and find most religious rituals too complex for their tastes. (laughs) I don't know. We prayed (laughs) once. Just not into it, Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, Cyclopes are very... They have to
0: see it to believe it. And most gods ignore them, so they see very little. So that kind of implies that other giants are like very much like god worshipping or like very into prayer
2: the ordning is very important to the true giants
0: i know the stone giants were up to some like are always up to some <clears throat> spiritual shit cuz they think yeah. they think like they walk outside and they're on an acid trip or whatever. Right. Yeah, so just I like going about outside that. is my Daywalking, I think they call it or day something walk. like that. <laughs> that daywalk um. over there, he's addicted. <laughs> Put him in the giant yeah. rehab. Or
2: dreamwalking. It might be dreamwalking. walking. They dream think the walking. surface is a dream. Right. It makes no sense. Yeah. But we're going to cover that in Stone Giant episode. They can just go
0: up there and be like, do whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like I said, they're very,
2: see it to believe it, but the gods ignore them, so they don't see very much. But on the other hand, the scenario where a cyclops either benefits from some religious power or... Or source directly or is threatened by some supernatural force such being uh, they will undoubtedly pay homage to that being and or force and recognizing it as a god uh, whether that being is divine or not doesn't matter like you do magic you must be a god kind of deal okay um, now this homage and respect only lasts as long as the benefit and or threat continues to be ongoing uh, once this ends, the Cyclops will undoubtedly return to its atheistic ways. Okay. So, again, see it to
0: believe it. <laughs> they stop seeing it, stop believing it. Uh, that guy came in and cast magic missile and he became Mistra to me. Right, exactly. And that's it. So and then he went away and I moved on. <laughs>
2: right. So, weird. Though not the absolutely dumbest of creatures, Cyclopes are notably unwise. This, paired with their lack of exposure to other beings, cultures, and most importantly, magics, makes them easy targets for being tricked or hoaxed. Um, they're easily cowed and awed by obvious displays of magic. You know, all it takes is a little prestidigitation, and they're like, whoa. Um,
0: <laughs> never you make that, a little fire in your head, it's like, <laughs> whoa. whoa. Yeah. That's the reaction every time. Yeah, pretty much.
2: <laughs> Thus, a spellcaster can easily convince a group of Cyclopes that they are a god walking upon the world as the elements obey their commands or illusions portray reality-altering powers or they can heal wounds with a word. Um, still, there's great risk in a spellcaster trying to pull off this ruse because uh, a Cyclops discovers it was tricked while flying to an unstoppable <laughs> unstoppable rage and seek out vengeance against its offender. Oh, so, shit. Yeah. It gets advantage on deck saving throws. <laughs> it does. It's so fucking mad. <laughs> 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 so a few fun facts about Cyclopes before we get into their stats. Uh, in order to protect their herds from wild predators, Cyclopes are noted to shepherd their flocks into their caves at night and then seal the entryway with a giant boulder. Yeah,
0: just exactly like Homer's Odyssey. I'm pretty oh, sure do, that do happens. Oh, they do that? Yeah. Don't they get thrown in—doesn't <laughs> does, Odysseus and his, like, remaining crew get thrown, like into, get a get thrown into a cave with— like, penned animals. I don't even remember. And then the dude covers... I'm, t- I'm t- thinking about the old movie that yeah, I watched I, I in high school. I don't know. It's yeah. a little while ago now. I didn't the watch was that old movie, when I w- so I don't know. The movie was old when I watched it. Right. Like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I don't know. But yeah, right. he definitely sealed the cave with a boulder, and they had, like, go out the top. Something like in Moana. That that seems very
2: vaguely familiar when you said when you just said that right now. Is that right? Yes. It's been a while. (laughs) So secondly, due to their only having one eye, Cyclopes have notoriously poor death perception, making them terrible with ranged attacks of all kinds. Uh, This, along with their enormous size and lack of intelligence, is why Cyclopes make such poor hunters and have to farm animals in the first place.
0: Minus proficiency in in, um, perception. Yeah, indeed.
2: (laughs) Finally, Forgotten Realms. Does have a very odd version of evil underdark cyclopes that are far more intelligent than the surface dwelling ones. These, oh. cy- yeah, these cyclopes serve dark masters such as Drow, Dorgar, or Illithids as slaves, though some live independently. Furthermore, underdark cyclopes are noted to be far better craftsmen, capable of working with both mithril and adamantine, and even magic capable with. Uh, yeah or even some cyclopes that are magic capable uh, of becoming like full blown wizards
0: these are so much scarier
2: yeah way <laughs> scarier like whoa where were these guys and i couldn't find any 5e stats cuz they're like even though forgotten realms is supposed to be the default setting the 5e monster manual has a stupid cyclops clops only so
0: yeah um well skag just has like these little offshoot paragraphs that are like use these stats for, like, use high elf stats for these elves, but we have these elves, right. too. Right.
2: But I don't think Skag had, like, a, beast, a bestiary, so it should have. It really should have, but it didn't.
0: It doesn't have... I haven't leafed through it, like, the way I should have yet, right. but it doesn't have stat. It, I can't believe it doesn't have stats for something like that.
2: Yeah, so, like I said, as far as I know, 5e hasn't presented either a stat block or even a lore entry for these types of mm-hmm. Cyclopes, but is what it is. Any questions about Cyclopses
0: or Cyclopes before we take a look at their stat block? These these uh, Underdark Cyclopes are, like, they regular Cyclops that huffed a bunch of flumpf gas and now they're evil and they're dark
1: <laughs> sure <laughs> uh, no, we'll go no, with I that
2: have,
0: i don't have any questions <laughs> all right cool so let's look at the stat block
2: we have cyclops a huge giant chaotic neutral armor class 14 that is natural armor their skin is quite tough their naked skin yeah their naked skin 138 hp speed of 30 feet with giants i always feel like it should be further than 30 feet because they have big, big strides they have, yeah big strides there should be 50 feet 60 feet outrunning a How'd cyclops be? should oh. be very difficult you're right. You're right about that. Yeah, that's just my opinion, though. Yeah. I call so, it a 40, 40
0: feet. There, they weren't fucking around with the strength. They got a strength of twenty-two. Holy shit!
2: Plus six. To it's got a
0: because it. it lifts a giant boulder to cover its cave house every it's single day. True. Uh,
2: Dex of eleven, Constitution of twenty, Intelligence of an eight, Wisdom of a six. My God. Uh, charisma of a ten. <laughs> <laughs> so unwise. Um. Let me see. So they're a really basic monster. They have one feature. It's called poor depth perception.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A negative feature? It is. That's really funny. Okay. The
2: Cyclops has a disadvantage on any attack roll against a target more than 30 feet away. So, Yeah. They throw boulders. They're just not
0: very good at it. Maybe that's why they don't move quickly. Is because they can't like see that they can't understand that's the true. terrain in front of them. <laughs> that's true. You can't. Don't move too fast, Ben. You'll like, fall over. I, I could run very fast. That's a sick homebrew. It's like thirty <laughs> feet slash like a very unstable like sixty feet. I like. We have to roll that's on a chart idea. to see if they like stub their toe like or like trip like on the on
2: the terrain. Great idea. Okay. Um, uh, for their actions, they just get a cl- a great club attack, which is a plus nine to hit. Uh, reach 10 feet, uh, one target, 3d8 plus 6 bludgeoning damage, and they can make two of those in a turn. Okay. And then they have the rock. It's just called rock. Ranged weapon attack plus 9 to hit, 30 to 120 feet, but that's a disadvantage. Uh, One target, 4d10 plus 6 bludgeoning damage, so you don't want to get hit by that rock. My God.
0: Is a Cyclops something, a uh, creature that would, like, set up... a uh contingency for invaders like a like a like a Maybe. tripwire. Or something. I could see
2: that. The more organized ones they might have like a booby trap for a trespassers approach. I could see that for Maybe
0: sure. Maybe they're uh, their animal like shepherding is limited to like parrots and macaws and they like one of them just like they're here <laughs> sure <laughs> though i don't like know shoots a line I don't
2: of conversation. how much meat a macaw could provide to a giant it's
0: so many dude he's just like <laughs> i mean he's got a bunch that he trained and a bunch that he just like eats sure absolutely. no i don't know you can have more than one animal going on something yeah, like true. that Get they could have macaws and sheep i was i was wondering because like one that you your party stumbles upon this is like not a fight you don't want to go in unprepared for right probably yeah. that sounds like a really beefy Strong yeah, what monster. did I say? A
2: challenge rating of six, so pretty beefy. And you're probably going to fight, well, you might just fight one, but I, you might fight three, and that's a really big fight. This
0: is great for, the, like, this actually makes me want to use a hide action, mm-hmm. like going into Cyclopean Forest and, like, having to retreat and fight right. a guerrilla warfare style combat in the trees mm-hmm. that that would be a great strategy against the cyclops i was just thinking like this is the only monster that's made me really like feel comfortable with wanting to do that it's interesting like I wonder why. like a hydra you know like i'm going into the hydra's lair like right. everybody knows it's there you just don't go there because it's a fucking hydra right okay like lots of monsters don't make me want to like run and hide like this one, yeah, but would this with its one, 22 this strength yeah. and its giant ten foot reach okay. of boulder stuff. Like I, I'm gonna want to range. I wonder if you're to gonna feel it. the
2: same way about all the giants we talk about. Oh, that sounds scary. I would rather hide.
0: <laughs> I, honestly,
2: maybe hey, we'll find out. But like with dra- after a short rest with
0: dragons, it's like hard to f- you can't like hide from. Yeah, dragons. that's true. There's
2: no there's no running. Their perception like, is insane. It's they're like plus hyper five. intelligent. They can fly. Yeah, they got magic.
0: You're you're gonna you're gonna beat it out with the dragon with the with a giant. Maybe you have a chance at like that's being sneaky. True.
2: All right, let's take a short. Yeah, let's do it.
0: (laughs) Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however, you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast.
1: Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice The, uh, Shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it ah. eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to the, part of the
1: show. we're not talking about that
0: last thing. We're talking about how much we love you. Will's going to tell you how much he loves you. All the much. Now I'm going to tell you how much I love you a whole bunch. Jesus. Oh my god, so much. Um here's some people that came to uh Patreon. Welcome to the team everyone. Uh Abigail Lamb. Thank you Abigail. Uh Some D&D channel. Thank you Some D&D channel. Very ambiguous. Icaro. Thank you Icaro. And Eve Vocative.
2: <laughs> thank
0: you Eve Vocative. Yeah, thank you Eve. Um and thanks to everybody that's on Patreon. Uh, I just updated the OST playlist. It includes all of the music from the last arc that we just did in Super Quest Saga. It includes the new acoustic uh, themes for Flashbang and the Surgeon. And uh, I'm probably going to throw some sound bites on there that I did later. Like um, some cool like airlock doors opening side of- uh, sound effects I oh, had nice. a chance to work on. Um, you can join Patreon and get a bunch of cool uh, bonus stuff. Um, there's more stuff that we always have in the pipeline coming in there on the way. We've thought of some cool ideas. The last one we thought about was um, if you want to email the show on Patreon, uh, we will read your message on the show, like at the end, during our long rest segment. Um, we had that at the $10 and up, but we're going to open that up to everybody. I think we were a little hesitant to do that at first because we didn't want to get overwhelmed right off the bat. But I think we should be okay. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. And if anything, we'll get to your message eventually. But we have a couple to read today that we're going to save for the end. You can also get um, there's a bunch of cool exclusive merch in our Patreon, depending on what tier you get into. And you can always listen to these episodes ad free um, like a week or two early whenever we we I usually finish them the night we record. Yeah, usually like every two weeks. So um, sometimes I don't. And that's just that's just how it goes. And that's just life. That's just life. Uh, we do our best here at the Dungeon Cast, and um, you guys on Patreon make a lot of stuff possible for us, like equipment upgrades and maintaining our like cost of running the show, which is not anywhere near zero. Um, but yeah, like we're we're doing really cool stuff these days. Our camera equipment, our microphones—they've all been upgraded, and it's all thanks to you guys. Um, so yeah, I think we're gonna get back to the show. Let's get back to the show.
2: We've returned. Indeed we have. And it's time to talk about the next. Big guy. Thing. Next big guy. Or big guys, really. Big guys. Because uh, ends have two heads. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and we'll get into it. All right. So unlike Cyclopes, ends are a D&D original. So there's nothing, no mythology that they're based off of. They were introduced in first edition, and essentially they are two-headed giants with a very orcish-looking visage, or well, visages, because there's two faces. Um, <laughs> they are at the very bottom of the ordering hierarchy outside of ogres and trolls. Uh, they are infamous for being foul, crude, stupid, and smelly. Hmm. Okay. All right. Let's get into it. <laughs> so they just suck. They suck. Yeah. And there's they're, two of them. They're pretty gross. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it. So uh,
0: this is a dungeon mastering advanced cyclops <laughs> where you have two heads that can talk to each other. It's, it's like when you have to do uh, Demogorgon. I <laughs> never you have to shout out my own shout out to Demogorgon. Right. Shout out to Demogorgon. Yeah.
2: So these guys stand roughly 13 feet in height, which is one foot higher than cyclops, but whatever. Ordining man. Ordining, but they're below the cyclops in the ordining. Well, that sucks. Yeah. There's more of it, but they're less strong, even if they're, they're, they're more lanky and tall. Oh, okay. Like, that's just my guess here. So, <laughs> um, they're still roughly the same height as the Cyclops. In a lot of ways, ettin look like miniature hill giants with two heads, mm. uh, but for two major differences. Uh, the first difference is the two faces of an ettin will have a lot of orc-like characteristics, uh, such as like an underbite of tusks, Okay. Uh, A piggish looking nose. They also have slightly pointed ears like that of an orc. Um, The second deviation is the foulness of their hygiene. And this is saying something (laughs) because hill giants themselves are pretty gross. Like they're Mm. not hygienic. Ettings are on another level, though, because Etins never bathe unless somehow they're forced to. Um, <laughs> their skin, which is normally like a natural pinkish or tannish hue, is often perceived as much darker due to the fact that your average Etin is caked in a thick layer of dirt, mud, and grime. Um, to put it in perspective, picture every aspect of having a human body and all the um, grooming that goes into just, just living. And imagine that none of that ever happened at any point ever. Mm. That's an Etin. <laughs> Tasty. Indeed. To make matters worse, the combination of lack of intelligence paired with their extreme lack of self-care means that the animal skins it and wears are never cured. And thus, they're always in a state uh, of rot.
0: Are you for real?
2: Until they fall off. Uh, As one would imagine, it's not unrealistic to smell a and coming before you see it coming.
0: He's just like, I don't get it. Why does my jacket keep falling off? It only lasts for like a week, and then i got to kill another deer. It's true. That's exactly how it is.
2: Yeah, they're very gross. So most Eddins are cave dwellers who eke out an existence in remote and rocky badlands. Their layers tend to be as filthy as they are and are known to be home to festering diseases and parasites. Okay,
0: I mean that makes sense. Yeah, if you are dirty, their house is gross. Your house is gross. Yeah, and you got critters. Indeed, (laughs) you got critters. Oh, that would be a great way. You're you're less likely to sneak up, accidentally sneak up on a an Etten because you'll see all of the fucking like rats and stuff. Yeah,
2: things start getting really gross the closer you get. (laughs) There you go.
0: <laughs> like, they're probably dragging, cor- like, corpses up there and not, uh-huh. like, cleaning up after themselves. There's, like, trails of blood around and all uh-huh. that. There Ooh, you go. Good. Yeah. So, though Ooh. an Enten is a singular creature, it is essentially two
2: people who share a single body. Each head is an independent individual of its own with its own mind, personality, name, and quirk, or quirks, I should say. No one has a single quirk. We all have many quirks. Um, when other creatures are referring to an enton, it compounds their two names into one supername. name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so if one head is named grog and the other uh, head is named knack, together they would be grognack. A supername. A supername.
0: You just slap those two bad boys together. <laughs> yep, there you all go.
2: right. Two names in one. So being bound from birth, neither head experiences very much, if any, privacy or solitude. Um, this is a tendency to breed contempt between the two heads, and it's not uncommon to find an end arguing and or bullying itself. Um, <laughs> okay. It pretty much happens constantly. So
0: there's a dominant head
2: and a not-dominant head? So, yeah. Um, I guess usually the right head is the dominant head. Okay. Because I guess like just, hands, like hands, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so like I even read that like some ends their their right side will be a little bit buffer than their left side. Oh, wow. Because that
0: one cares more about pushups. I,
2: I guess so. Okay, um, So, you know, do with that what you will. It reminds me, have you ever seen Lady in the Water with the guy who only works out one side of his body? Yeah. That's I guess that's what an ends like. I forgot why he did that. I think it was an experiment of some sort. Why
0: did they make Lady in the Water again?
2: I like that movie, but moving <laughs> on. Oh so, it
0: got so weird. It's a it very got strange. So weird.
2: Movie. Um, it did get weird. Um, still, Anettin's head must learn to work, or Anettin's heads must learn to work together. Not only because they have to share the same body, but because each head has hemi-control of said body. So each head controls the arm and leg on their side of the body. So coordinated teamwork is of the utmost essence.
0: This is like a. A Dungeon Master's tre- treasure trove of right. like, monster roleplay. It's true. It's wow. True.
2: Yeah, you can get crazy with this. Okay. So as much as an Enten doesn't get along with itself, it gets along with others even worse. Uh, Ends have a reputation of being violent and aggressive brutes. To pretty much all strangers they come across, Uh, they consider anything smaller than them to be food and won't hesitate to beat said creature into a bloody pulp via a giant club or by simply like grabbing them or frequently flailing them against the rocks. Yeah, for sure. Because they're just violent and mean. Like brawly. Yes, like Broly just does just the Goku, your leg, and smack you <laughs> over and over exactly. again. Exactly. So, as a general rule, Ettens live solitarily or as solitarily as they can. Yeah, um, they can't even stand the company of other Etons, and such meetings usually end with foreheads screaming insults at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Which, they're just, not, which is hilarious. It doesn't
0: come to blows. They just yell at each no, other and walk away. Sh- strangely enough, it's very rare for ends to get violent with each other. They just don't. They're more likely to simply avoid each other. There's a moral understanding between all of them that they're all, right. they are all They have the struggle of dealing with their, their strong head, weak head, like, yeah. mentalities. Yeah. Okay. No one gets us but us. So yeah. we, can't, we can't kill each other. I hate me. There's, like, a lot of, like, self so yeah, hate. So I hate me and I hate other things like me and we hate <laughs> each other, but like, we don't want to not exist. Right, right. Okay, sure. So
2: they're are only two circumstances in which Ettons can be found together. Uh, the first being uh, if a very large, powerful, and ambitious Etton decides to bully a bunch of other Ettons into subservience and form a gang of Ettons to terrorize the countryside. Okay. That's, that's one scenario. Uh, but these alliances don't last very long because they only last as long as the leader Etton doesn't lose a fight. Second he loses a fight, it's all over. Everyone goes their separate ways.
0: Yeah, just like boats. Just like boats? You just got to fight the captain. And if you win, you're the captain. Oh, okay.
2: okay yeah, sure. And then anything can happen. Absolutely. Okay. The, the second scenario is if they are a mating pair. So let's talk about how Enten's mate because, you know, that's something that we need to talk about. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it is. So in the world of Enten's, females are the dominant gender. Um, They initiate the mating ritual. And though I couldn't find any concrete sources saying it, I would imagine they are likely larger and stronger than their male counterparts. Mm -hmm. When a female Enten is preparing to mate, she first locates and prepares a suitable den. Um, Once this is done, she sets out and hunts down a suitable male by hunt. I do mean hunt. She literally will track down, ambush, fight, and conquer the male of her choice. Okay. She then drags the male in back to that her den. That means there's
0: resistance. He's oh like, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Not like this. Not again.
2: So she then drags the male in back to her den and forces him to serve and wait on her until her seven-month pregnancy is complete. Okay. Uh, at this point, the male Enten will finally leave, and he's like, thank God I'm out of here. Uh, female Enten will then raise her child for one year before finally forcing them out on their own. At this point, though, the child Enten should be nearing adulthood. They grow up really quickly.
0: Okay, okay uh, cool. Which
2: That's got to be insane growing pains because you're going from I don't know how small to 13 feet tall. It's just so. his
0: natural course of growth.
2: Yeah, but that is the Enten circle of life.
0: Any questions? <laughs> Enten circle of life. <laughs> Beat up your lover. Yeah, basically. Oh, no. Yeah, so these are horrible, like, cesspools. Yeah, these are gross monsters. Nasty, gross monsters. They're
2: they're nasty, bad creatures. Okay. Um,
0: The origin of the Eton is a bit of
2: mystery, like, in-game. So, like, some say they are the mutant offspring of hill giants. That was, like, what I was going for.
0: like This is, like, a mutant giant.
2: Others say that they're a deviant form of, like, a giant orc. Um, Others postulate that Etten's may, in fact, be a crossbreed between hill giants and orcs. Okay. Maybe. Sure. Yeah. Why not? I don't the know. Orcs
0: get pretty big, right? I yeah, I like... think
2: uh, like a big orc is like eight and a half feet tall. Like yeah, that's a yeah. really big orc. But yeah, they can d- get that size. Five E. Uh, the Monster Manual proposes a much different origin, though. Legends tell of a group of orcs who stumbled upon a temple of Demogorgon. <gasps> Shout out to Demogorgon. <laughs> Shout out to Demogorgon. <laughs> uh, the magic of which transformed them into giant mockeries of the two-headed prince of demons. Regardless of their origin, orcs treat ends as if. They are distant cousins, and other giants hardly acknowledge Entens at all. So, in a way, they're kind of more related orcs than giants, well, socially speaking. Okay, I <laughs> like
0: the uh, the Demogorgon cult. Of course you did. That's pretty cool. I'm sure you did. So,
2: <laughs> some orcs are known... I'm sure to, a
0: lot of people did, damn it! <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: sure a lot of people did. So, some orcs, in fact, are known to bribe Entens into joining their hordes to serve as, like, muscle or bodyguards. Okay. Um, An Enten will only do so if provided with, like, copious amounts of food and loot, though, because, like, they don't give a shit about orcs. Orcs are just tiny little meat bags to them.
0: Yeah, but food is, like, easy to provide for something like an Eddin, sounds like. Yeah, I, I would they'll say so. Like they whatever. Have, you so can give Eddin, them your rotting meat and they'll probably eat it. Yeah, that's very true. Also, Eddins are
2: really big. Like, 13 feet is big, but it's not, like, actually giant big. So, like, they might eat three or four times as much as a orc, but, like, a hill giant would eat, like, 10 to 12 times as much as an orc, so... Okay. Like, it's much more in the realm of possibility to feed this giant monster.
0: You have two heads, not two stomachs. Exactly.
2: Nice. So, having multiple heads is not just a drawback, you know, fighting amongst itself, but in fact, it has a few benefits for the Eton. so... For one, it's exceptionally difficult to sneak up on an Etten, as only one head sleeps at a time, and thus the Eton will always be aware. Mm. Now, this is a double benefit in a way, because not only are they always aware, excuse me, but... This is the only time any head gets any form of privacy whatsoever. It's when the other one's asleep.
0: So it's probably like, thank God. Like, I don't have to deal with... Yeah, like, we're not arguing. Like, they probably... They sleep that way, and so there's only a few hours a day where they're actually awake arguing with each other. Exactly. All right. So um, another odd benefit of having multiple heads
2: is an innate resistance to magic or effects that target the mind or the senses. So illusion spells, uh, psychic attacks, the effects like blindness and charm have two heads to effect instead of just one, essentially giving it an advantage against any and all of these things. Oh. Because you have to succeed against both. Because Against, like, mental stuff. When it comes down to it, one head can assume control of the whole body if the other one's
0: down. I was just going to ask you, like, if one of them's asleep half the day and the other one's asleep the other half of the day, like, how are they? Is he just, like, gimping around on one leg? (laughs) I would imagine, like,
2: when one sleeps, they are probably, they sit still. Because, like, it would suck to be asleep and the body's moving around. You know what I mean? Can you imagine?
0: Like, no, that would I, suck. I, I actually did picture it like that because they just like some rando monster. Like, this is a, this is its anatomy. So, like. I mean, I think in a pinch it could do
2: that. But I think, like, the sleeping head would much prefer to be in a dark cave not moving. And the other one. Well, yeah. 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 And well, I, I think the other one would want that, too, when it sleeps. So,
0: like. Well, yeah. Because one's going to sleep during the day and one's going to sleep at night. I don't know. Like, is that how it works? Or I guess so. Do they I, sleep eight it's hours? It's not explicitly said, but you could do it however you want because you're the dungeon Maybe master. Maybe they man. only need to do four and four. Like, they only Maybe. have to split the load of, like, no, because you have two brains and you need to rest. Your sleep is for your brain and your body, but it's for your right. brain. Right. I don't know. I don't know, it's man. It's getting hairy in there. It
2: is. It's getting strange. <laughs> all right. So, uh, oh, yeah. So um, they essentially have advantage against all those different effects. Uh, two heads really can't be better than one. If an ever loses a head or one of the heads is irreparably damaged, it cannot grow its head back, but it can carry on living fairly normally as a single head uh, will assume full control of the body. Other ends, though, will shun this one-headed <laughs> and viewing them as a walking abomination.
0: Freak. Yeah, freak. Like you lose one of your heads in like a boulder accident. It gets crushed. Yeah. It's just like a deflated balloon yeah, like kind of dribbling con- off of you right and there. And you're
2: considered an abomination. Got to cut on it on. off and
0: cauterize the wound. Yeah, oh, exactly.
2: No. So. Ugh, that's gross. This is bad. So any questions about the end before we get into the stat block? Let's get the stats. All right, so we have Eton, a large, giant, chaotic evil. Okay, so they're both supposed to be 12 feet tall, but why is the Cyclops considered to be huge and the Eton is considered to be large? W- girth. Okay. <laughs> you said right. it was skinny. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe it is. Girth it is. So <laughs> armor class, 12, uh, HP 85. This is a challenge rating four creature, by the way um so they have two different features the first is called two heads and then has advantage on wisdom checks and on saving throws against being blinded charmed deafened frightened sh- stunned or knocked unconscious again because you have to hit two heads not just one mm-hmm. so instead of actually having to target two heads it just gives them an advantage okay um the second is wakeful when one of the ends head is asleep its other head is awake Okay, moving on. Actions. It only gets two battle axe and morning star. Where the fuck did this thing get a morning star? I know it didn't
0: make it. It stole it from an orc.
2: Yeah, but a morning star the size that an entin would use.
0: I mean maybe an orc would use that. Anyway. Morning stars are huge, aren't they? They're really like yeah, they're super really big. big. weapons, So it's just like a stick. Yeah, I guess so. It's not like a bigger morning star. was just a morning star. I right. just I picture one appropriate for its size, but that's where fine. would it find that? Exactly. That's where you get
2: yes, weird. Exactly. That's why I got upset. But <laughs> <Moving> on <laughs> So the battle axe attack Is just a plus 7 to hit uh, Only reach of 5 So not like the Cyclops That can reach 10 uh, One target 2d8 plus 5 Slashing damage The morning stars The same plus 7 to hit Same 5 foot reach uh, 2d8 plus 5 Piercing damage So they're both They're the same They're the same attack Just one does bludgeoning One does slashing Okay so, any questions about the Edin? It's a pretty simple monster.
0: Yeah, like when it comes to combat, it's yeah. pretty
2: straightforward here. Honestly, you could reflavor that. Just take out the uh, the features. You could reflavor it to a, a light Cyclops.
0: They're essentially the same monster. Cyclops, light, diet Cyclops, diet Cyclops. So, you, basically, this one's a little better against magic, even well, um, combat-wise, like saves, like wisdom yeah, this stuff. one is a bit more resistant to a lot of magic stuff. Yeah. So, but the Cyclops is like super vulnerable to that because it's like, oh shit, you did a magic. Exactly. That's you god true. now. You god now. I
2: serve you now. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a weird dynamic.
0: Okay. Um no like uh, it's, these are cool monsters for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I pictured them both like just in the woods or yeah. like up against the mountainside or whatever yeah. in a case. And, and
2: considering like they're both like giant dumb humanoids, extraordinarily different. Very different despite being so similar. Right. So yeah. Alright, with that being said, I think we can get Get ready for a long rest. Yeah, we Be- should. Before we go, I believe we have uh is it a question or just a message we have to read? Oh,
0: yeah, for Patreon. We're yeah. we're reading messages at the end of the show. Yeah, let's lead with that. Let's yeah. definitely lead with that. I have our first message ever sent from uh Chemical, which is a, a member of our Discord. Yes. Um, but it's on behalf of all the Discord mods. Oh, so, okay, cool. Um, from from all the mods on Discord, uh happy new year to the crew and all you listeners. Come hang out with the awesome Discord community, stay safe. These holidays and have fun and like I said it's from the mods awesome thank you guys Um, we do have <laughs> another one should we save it for the next episode or should we do uh... it on this one Let's do the next episode. Okay, we'll do it next episode. So, uh, Rachel, you you got your message in on time. Don't and worry, it's coming. But it's going to happen next episode because we only got two to read right now. Indeed, um, we are opening that up to everybody on Patreon. So, feel free. You can, if you're even somebody that supports us at the dollar level, um, you can totally do this. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, uh, check out Super Quest Saga, the game, the D and D Five E actual play podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons in and space. space. Yeah, in space. In space, I'm super nervous about all Super <laughs> Quest Saga stuff right now. Yeah,
2: we got a lot of stuff uh, happening over the next three episodes. That's yeah, sort of Fran and I go. It's going to be wild. These three episodes are going to be crazy.
0: Uh, we're we're getting to. Uh, do we want to call it like the actual halfway mark of the show? Uh, do yeah, people, I would say so. Yeah, it, so I, we're like I think right I around the halfway, yeah. especially story wise. We're whoa. Well, yeah, we're halfway there. We're
2: both yeah, we're literally whoa. halfway through the story. Yeah. We're Living
0: on a prayer. Oh my gosh!
2: All right. With that being said, let's call it a game. We will talk to you guys later.
0: (laughs) Bye. Take my hand. I'm making a swear. Bye.